Hello and welcome into Thunderbird Eye, everyone. My name is Jacob Ayer, and alongside me are Jake, Liz, Nico, and Corey Branson of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. Folks, UBC football has won. That is what I'm talking about. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I didn't know I was so great. Um, I mean, really, they did win. It was big. It's been a long time coming. Corey is very, very happy. And really, everyone else kind of won, too, except for uh, women's hockey. Yikes. It, wasn't, it was not a good weekend for them. They finished with 13-point differential in the negative, so definitely not good. But volleyball was strong in their second week. Basketball had a solid week of, I believe they were exhibition games. Rugby teams grabbed important wins to help put them in the playoffs or push them towards. Meanwhile, golf won the Canada West Championships. Wow, look at golf. Did we ever really think they were going to lose, though? I mean, they're pretty dominant. I believe uh, one of the players on the women's golf team even was the top Canada West star of the week. Yes, yeah, Shania Ramandaban, number one star Ramandaban, of the week. there you go. Yeah. And then also soccer and field hockey kept out of the loss column, and rowing even swept the top spot at the Western Canadian University Rowing Championships. So lots of wins, a lot to be excited about, you know. We'll just overlook women's Ice hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's jump into the world of volleyball. So first off, women. Um, actually, so um, although the woman, uh, the UBC Thunderbirds just had a gl- glorious weekend, um, the women's volleyball team, however, did not get a taste of triumph. The girls actually traveled to Lenly alongside with the men's team to attend the West Coast Classic. Unfortunately, they lost the weekend series against Thompson River University Wolfpacks and the Trinity Western Spartans, which ended up extending their losing trick to three matches. Yeah, so the Thunderbirds had an amazing season last year, but we're kind of expecting this to be a bit more of a transitional year for the team right now. Uh, they did lose their superstar, Kira Van Rijk. She's off playing professionally in Italy now. And as well as defensive stalwarts, Sam Patko, Kara Hanley, um, some other graduates. So the team needs to reform its attack and some of its defensive structure. Kira Van Rijk actually did appear at Saturday's game. She was in the audience. And you got to think, after an amazing year last year where they were able to rally and grab that uh, U Sports championship, this year losing a couple of key components is not going to be quite the same. Uh, Kira, we're very sad that you left, and uh... I will remember you. <laughs> Hopefully, she's doing well in Italy. I don't know why she wouldn't be there now. Maybe their season hasn't started yet. We'll have to we'll have to investigate. Come back with some answers next week. Sounds pretty good to me, though. Playing professional volleyball in Italy. Just, yeah, I mean, right? lots of pasta yeah. and wine. You know, get the carbs in, get some nice <laughs> electrolytes. Uh, getting back to volleyball. Looking ahead, next up we have opening night against Winnipeg on October nineteenth for the women. This was their last set of preseason matches, so we look forward to seeing what they do in the future. Yes, and, and just similar to women's, and the men's team just had a much better weekend, actually, with a strong, excellent performance in the Blue Team Cup. The Thunderbirds lost to Brendan University at home 3-1 to one shortly after our show last Thursday, but they quickly regrouped as they went up to Lenly alongside with the women's team, of course, and beat all three of Montreal, Trinity Western, and UBC Okanagan. 
um, last year was like a little bit off a turbulent one for the men's team as they started the season two to ten, but drastically they improved in the new year, going nine one to end the regular season and qualifying for the playoffs. They returned basically the exact same team, so we're having a little bit hope there um, to see whether they can well uh, continue to climb up the Canada West University University League or not. Yeah, uh, just like the women's side, the men's team will also begin their conference season on October 19th. That will be in Winnipeg. Maybe it'll be the same situation for football. They've got that first win. They have two, one more game, <laughs> two more games. We'll see what they're able to do to turn their season around. But there's no playoffs in sight for them. Yikes. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking at some more exhibition matches at basketball, the women's team played two games at home against Wilfrid Laurier this past weekend. They won both games. The first was a wire-to-wire 80-61 to win with Keelan Filowich, who will be carrying the load for the team this season, leading the way with 22 points and 8 rebounds on 10 of 16 shooting. The Thunderbirds also got good production from their guards. Jess Hansen put up 13 points, 5 assists. She was good adding another kind of a third person into the point scoring last year for them. Meanwhile, uh, now sophomore Haley Council added 13 points, five rebounds, and four assists off the bench. Council stepping up in a big way. Yes, saw some action for the two rookies as well. Guard Emily Martindale, six points, four rebounds, two assists. While new center, six foot six, Woo! Olivia Morgan Churches played just eight minutes. She got two blocks and four fouls in those eight minutes. That's like that new guy. Have you guys seen the Celtics? New Taco Fall. Yeah. Taco. Oh my God. Massive. Just as that's like the equivalent for Canada West women's basketball. Yeah. I know, like before this year, Thunderbirds tallest player was six four. I don't think. Schlick, they, Marcy yeah, Schlick. Marcy, she's still on the team, but I don't think the Thunderbirds had ever played anyone that I remember that was even 6'4". So. There was one woman uh, who had a brother. She was, I think she was on the Huskies. She was quite tall. She was of Greek descent. Um, but she was around 6'4", 6'5". So, yeah, we're, we're right on up there. Yeah, the uh, second game a lot closer as after trailing 62-58 to 58, entering the fourth quarter, UBC outscored Laurier 21-12 to 12 in the final frame, take the win. Filowich again dominated 23 points on 10 of 13 shooting, 11 rebounds, and 3 blocks. Yeah, Hansen was again solid in this one with 14 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, though she did have 6 turnovers as well, while Madison Legault chipped in off the bench, uh, thir- uh, 12 points rather, and 3 rebounds. One of the Thunderbirds who did struggle over the weekend was Kate Johnson. The third-year guard started both games, but she only managed eight total points, four assists, and she also had five turnovers, going just three of 13 shooting. And with Council playing well, she could see her playing time shrink a bit. Last year, Johnson was kind of fighting for a playing mm-hmm. spot. She came over from UBC Okanagan yep. and then kind of made her way in towards the beginning of the season, but then fell off towards the end. So if things trend similarly, Council may indeed see more playing time. And the team does have the week off before flying to Toronto to take on Ryerson and McMaster in some more preseason games. Yeah, we don't have as much info on the men's team. They played an exhibition match against the Seattle Mountaineers. They won 93-87. Don't have anything else from that. They're in Calgary right now for the Calgary Cup, which is an exhibition tournament where they will face two non-Alberta teams, uh, St. Francis Xavier from Nova Scotia and Guelph from Ontario. I don't know why they're in Calgary. <laughs> you know, they wanted to travel. I think it's snowing. Maybe they wanted to see some snow out there. <laughs> so we're going to move from Kate Johnson's sport, which is basketball, to Kate Johnston's sport, which ah, is golf. Ah. See what you did there, Corey. Thank you. Uh, it was a women's win in wine country for the Thunderbirds golf team this weekend as our five ball-striking superstars dominated the leaderboard in the inaugural Canada West Golf Championship 
at the Okanagan Golf Club. Continuing their trend of sending a new golfer to the podium each and every tournament, this week it was Shania Ramanaban's turn to nab the spotlight. The third year put together a dominant final round to ensure she received individual honors, giving her team a first-place finish to complete the double as well. Yeah, Ramanaban didn't look likely to grab that first place individually after the first round. She was tied for seventh after six over 78. Next day, she came out hot and then finished hot as well birdied four of her last 10 holes to fly past everyone and finish in first with a three-stroke lead. That two under 70 in the second round was the only under par round in the tournament. And as we mentioned off the top, she was named Canada West first star of the week for that fantastic performance. And teammates of Amanda Ban on the UBC Thunderbirds still, you know, they manage their own strong finishes. Kate Johnston was part of the three-way tie for second at seven over, while Cecil Kwan and Friend of the show, Esther Lee, sat two strokes further back in a tie for fifth. Rookie Jen Wu rounded out the contingent at a tie for 13 with 16 over par. Yeah, the team tally saw UBC finish 13 strokes ahead of the Vikes for another tournament win. That makes it 3-for-3 three three to begin the season with a chance to complete a fall sweep with their trip to Kapole for the Hawaii Rainbow Wahine Invitational starting on the 29th of October. Does golf count towards Legends Cup? I don't think so, since I'd imagine Legend Cup would only be one-on-one. Right. Like, when we're facing yeah. head-to-head with only Uvic. I'll tally it in my own book, though. <laughs> we'll count, yeah, we'll I'll take another win, win over them, no matter what it counts for. <laughs> you got you to gotta take the wins when you can get them, you know? Especially if it comes down to the wire and you need that one extra. We have that hypothetical extra <laughs> extra win against Uvic. Moral victory. Yeah. Right. Uh, the men's team were also in attendance in Kelowna, and while they weren't able to keep pace with their sensational counterparts, it was runner-up medals individually and for the group. Polish powerhouse Andrzej Wiersba carded one of his best outings as a Thunderbird to take home the silver. Wiersba's performance was commendable as he shot a 5-under total over the two days to take second, but the individual crown was not in doubt all weekend. UFB's Daniel Campbell shot an 8-under 64 to kick off the proceedings and never looked back, cruising to an, event- to an eventual, eventual seven-stroke victory over Wiersba and the Canada West first star of the week. Elsewhere on the leaderboard for the Thunderbirds, Logan Carver ended up tied for fifth, whereas rookie sensation Ethan DeGraff finished tied for 13th. Sophomore sensation. Sophomore sensation. Thank you. That's true. No longer a freshman. Uh, Meanwhile, Keith Inge, uh, by virtue of a nice two under second round, was tied for 16th, and Malcolm Glumpack was solo at 39th. Help me with that pronunciation there. Of who? Of Keith. Oh, Keith Ng. Ng. Not inch. Apologies. We're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Cascade's looking a little scary. Meanwhile, because Campbell and his teammate Whitebrook uh, carried them to a 19-stroke triumph over the second-place Thunderbirds. And uh, after beating the Thunderbirds by a similar margin in the UBC Invitational over in Bellingham, uh, UFV looking like a powerhouse over here in uh, Canada West. Yeah, Daniel Campbell also won that tournament individually by something like six strokes, I think. He's he's a monster. Um, But thanks to their performances, both men's and women's teams qualified for the Canadian University Championship next spring, though as they are both the defending champions, this was more of a formality for them. Next up for the men's team is the NAIA National Preview in Mesa, Arizona. That starts on November 4th. It will literally be heating up the team there, so they hopefully can keep up their good trends. I mean, both golf teams have been doing quite well. I think the men have even improved from last season, I would say. On the terms of rugby, we're going to the pitch where men's rugby landed a 48-29 win on the road against the Nanaimo Hornets. 
and that now puts their Premier League record at 2-1 and one on the season. It was actually a bit of a lower-scoring defensive game in the first half. Thunderbirds were down 14-3 to at halftime, but then absolutely exploded in the second half with uh, 35 points. In the larger context of UBC men's rugby, former T-Bird Andrew Coe got his first start of the Rugby World Cup on October 8th. Yeah, don't look at those scores. Yeah, don't look at the scores. It <laughs> was not But congratulations to Andrew regardless. <laughs> right. South Africa's a really good team. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Next up for UBC men's rugby is a Legends Cup match against UVic on the road. That's happening on October 11th. Does that count for the official standings? Because it's not varsity. I think it does because okay. they call it Legends Cup match. So I'd imagine. Um, okay. I'll get back to you. <laughs> On the women's side of rugby, the team had an awesome weekend with a 32-12 to 12 upset against the number five nationally ranked Victoria Vikes to split their Legends Cup series against the team that was previously unbeaten. Yeah, that definitely counts for the Legends Cup yeah. standings. Uh, although the game was just 12-7 to 7, UBC at the half, Thunderbirds, like the men's team, exploded in the second off the backs of dual friends of the show, Emma Feldinger and Shoshana Samanatafa. Feldinger scored two tries to Manitoba, recorded her team-leading seventh try of the season. And what this all means is that UBC will finish the regular season third in Canada West at 3-2 and two, and will likely play Victoria again in the semifinals. And although they were just 3-2, and two, the Thunderbirds lapped the conference in scoring with 192 points in just five matches. That was almost double the second-best Victoria, who had just over 100. I believe it was around 108-109. And they only conceded 85 points, which was second best in the conference. So although it was a 3-2 and two record, they really were playing like the best team in the league. Yeah, it's awesome for them. And the team now has a week off to prepare for the playoffs with the semifinals <coughs> taking place on October 18th in Lethbridge. And now moving on to hockey. Before we actually get into what's going on in the hockey <laughs> world, I want to start off by saying athletes are very superstitious. Jacob can back me up on this one when it comes to baseball. I know he's a big baseball guy. Oh, yeah. Jacob, real quick, what is the one thing you don't do when a pitcher is closing in on a no-hitter? You don't talk about it unless you want him to blow it. Exactly. So I think some of those same forces are at play when it comes to hockey. I really have to stop with the we are heating up at the right time calls before big games. (laughs) (laughs) The the men last played on September 28th and had a week off. Unfortunately, they dropped their opening series. While the women lost their first two Canada West games against Alberta 7-1 and 7-0 this past Friday and Saturday. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I know Alberta's good, but so is Manitoba and so is a lot of their league. And you look two years back, Thunderbirds were third overall in women's hockey in terms of standings, right up there with Alberta and Manitoba. And you wonder where this leaves them this year. We talked about defense at the beginning. Celine Tardif's gone. And you just wonder if there was a real big collapse. I mean, their goalies are usually pretty good. So we'll try and do a little deep dive, see what's happening here. Yeah, quick... Uh, note about the men's they didn't play Uh, they had a good chance to reset after their two losses to Alberta to open their season hopefully this two-week break will give them a chance to reset and also time to heal up the players that have been injured recently yeah they'll need every boost they can get this weekend as they face a tough opponent tomorrow and Saturday when they head to Calgary the Dinos won their opening series against Regina by a combined score of 13 to 2 so the women's team now Let's, de- let's dive in. Right. So remember last week when I boasted that the women had heavily outscored their opponents in preseason? Come on, um, Nico. Yeah. You know better than that. 
Yeah, I should have known better than that. So this week, we ended up being on the flip side. The women played Alberta on the road and lost Game 1, 7-1, and Game 2, 7 to nothing. Yeah, Game 1, Alberta's Gory, Kirsten Chamberlain, strong game, stopped 20 of 21 shots. UBC's Tori McClash, not as much of a strong game. She was pulled in the second period. She allowed six goals and only 16 shots. Back-to-back, three-goal periods to open the game really sealed the Thunderbirds' fate early on. And while... Four of seven Alberta goals came off the power play. This was something they were pretty effective at stopping last year. Doesn't seem like they're having the same success so far. Yeah, star performance of the game came from someone who was not much of a surprise. That's Alex Poznikov. Uh, Two goals, one assist. Poznikov is the reigning national player of the year. And last season had 15 goals and 37 points in 27 games played. We were breaking that down, Nico. It's like 1.4 points a game, something like that, which is like, Better than the best NHL, or right up there with the best NHL players. If you can score over a point per game in, in a good hockey league, you're, you're a good player. <laughs> Definitely. Um, going to Game 2, special teams for Alberta was the story again in Game 2, with three of their seven goals coming on the power play this time, meaning that in total, half of the goals scored against the Thunderbirds this past weekend were on the power play. Yeah, and the Golden Pandas played their backup goalie in this game, Haley Oswald. She only needs to make nine saves for the shutout. That's just sad. Not a lot of offense. Defense wasn't great either. Three goals in rapid succession again in the thir- in the first period at 9-16, 9-57, and then the 11-49 mark put out the Thunderbirds again in an early hole. They couldn't recover from it. Similar storyline to the first game. Yeah. The women will try to bounce bounce back. They'll be in action against the Dinos tomorrow and Saturday at home with the games at 7 p.m. and 3 p.m. respectively. Calgary is also 2-0 so far after sweeping their opening series against Regina. On the water now, we're going to look at some rowing. A lot of good notes here, not quite as depressing as women's field hockey. This past Sunday, both of UBC's rowing teams have winning performances. The men's and women's came away as the Western Canadian University Rowing Champions. This happened out at Burnaby Lake. Both squads will now be entering the Canadian University Rowing Championships in Victoria on a hot streak. That will be held on November 2nd and 3rd. Yeah, the men's team, they were victorious in seven out of the nine events that counted for points in this tournament. It was Carl Zimmerman won the men's varsity single skulls, Quinn Story, the men's JV single skulls, Ivan Ribkin and Ethan Enns, men's lightweight double skulls, and Clark Schultz and Brendan Wall won the men's varsity coxless pairs. And UBC also took the men's varsity eight, the men's JV eight, and the men's lightweight coxed four races. Looking at the women's team as well, they scored a total of 167.5 points and won five out of their nine events that counted for those points. Emma Starr and Renee Lafreniere won the women's lightweight double skulls race. Katie Clark took the women's varsity single skulls. Allison Goodwin-Wilson won the women's JV single skulls. And Julia Lindsay won the women's lightweight single skulls. This one was close between UBC and who else? UVic heading into the final event. You gotta was, love the rivalry. Yeah, that was the women's eight. But the Thunderbirds came out on top. They took the championship. And they did all of that without the services of Christina Walker and Claire Brillen, who were both invited to Canada's Tokyo Olympic camp. So they're... Thunderbirds were without two of their best rowers and still won uh, the championship. A very strong team. There is one more meet at the Gorge Waterway in Victoria before the Canadian University Rowing Championships. The men's team will be looking to capture their fourth national title in as many years. Meanwhile, the women's team will be looking to defend their own national title from last year. 
Should the men win at nationals, it would be the first time ever a men's team has won the national title four years in a row. We're rooting for them, and we're hoping the women's team can come up with a second consecutive win as well. Yeah, let's not jinx them. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs, and then we'll come back with some football, Corey. Oh, what yes. do you have to say about that? Give them a little, a little tease of what's to come. Everybody... Gave it their all in this one. We're going to talk about every aspect of the game. Offense, defense, special teams all came together to get this first victory. All right, we'll be back in a second. able to make a balloon poodle within the first day. Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, it's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah blah, blah 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 Explosions. There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help in all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discorder magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. We got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca. Alrighty, getting back to football now. After weeks and weeks of constant failure, it is with the utmost pleasure that we here at CITR Sports are reporting on a Thunderbirds football victory. Please enjoy your champagne responsibly. The T-Birds tried incredibly hard to give it away at the end, but a last-second James Vaughn's interception of Bryden O'Flaherty halted a long drive and sealed the improbable victory 33-28 over the Rams in Regina. This team remains a work in progress, and Coach Blake Nill still has lots to tweak, but it is so refreshing to be able to give you good news on this front, and we're sure this young team is overjoyed about the result as well. Yeah, Thunderbirds actually had a good rushing game for, for once this season. Uh, running back Sharik Khan, who struggled this season, uh, managed to get 112 ground yards to keep UBC offense humming, while backup Charles LeMay notched 44 yards of his own and a one-yard touchdown score. And looking at the quarterback position, it's kind of been up and down this year, but in this game, Gabe Olivares was a stud. And he will be their go-to at this point. There's no question about it. You would think so. Um, His line was exceptional, 22 for 29, 353 yards, and two total touchdowns, 
one with his feet and one with his arm. He did have two picks, but one came off an unlucky deflection, and overall he looked more comfortable than any quarterback has in a blue and gold jersey this season. Contributing towards Oliveira's success was a great team effort from his receivers. Jacob Patton had six catches for 118 yards, including a 41-yard score in which he caught a seemingly harmless pass, but turned on the Jets and was able to get to the end zone. Nick Pollitt, a second year we have yet to mention this season, he caught three balls for 75 yards, including a 54-yard reception. Trey Kellogg also made six catches for seven yards, while Liam Wishart had four grabs for 63 with a long reception of his own, 42 yards. So Olivares is using all targets on the field. Yeah, uh, a lot of those passes were similar to the the patent scoring play, kind of screens or shorter ones that the receivers were able to make a lot of work with. Yak, yak, yak. Yes, exactly. Get those yaks, boy. Um, but looking at the defensive side, Ben Hladek and Jacob Sorallo-Brown, they carried the torch, um, each notching 11 tackles. The former also had a forced fumble, while the latter had a sack. Max Kennedy snagged the other T-Birds interception in this one, also a really important play to set UBC up deep in Rams territory. And for the special teams, Garen McDonald went 4 of 5 on his field goals to spot the Thunderbirds 12 much-needed points. And uh, Thunderbirds, they get Thanksgiving off. They've earned it before they uh, return to campus for the Frank Smith Legacy Game on the 19th. That will be their final home game of the season. The play, Saskatchewan Huskies. And though we can't expect they'll suddenly turn it on and be a powerhouse, they finally have some momentum on their side. We'll see. Hopefully they can continue that. And now moving on to field hockey. Field hockey has been a sport that has yielded great results for both the men and women this year. Both teams remain undefeated in VMFHL and Canada West play, respectively. The women's team does have some ties sprinkled into their record, but the men sit at 5-0. The women. The women's team again tied both games this past weekend against the UFC, putting them to four consecutive draws dating back to September 28th. It does mean that they remain undefeated, but there will be a hint of frustration surrounding the last couple of results. The first game was most definitely a tale of two halves. UBC jumped out to a two-goal lead in the first, only to see it slip away in the second, resulting in a two-all tie. Yeah, UBC's goal scorers in that first half were third-year Sarah Goodman, first-year Senapreet Bazara, and Calgary did have a response for UBC in the second half that came in the form of Jenna Bauer, who scored twice in six minutes to grab the draw for the Dinos. Then in Game 2, the Dinos jumped out to an early lead in the ninth minute, but Thora Ray was able to equalize for UBC just before halftime. In this one, both goalies, uh, Taylor Guy for Calgary and Ava Amingbach for UBC, played spectacularly in the second half, meaning this game ended 1-1. It was the last home game of the regular season. The Thunderbirds honored the team's graduating seniors, including Nikki Best and... Josiana Hag, the team now has some time off before they end the season on October 26th and 27th, which will be away where else other than Victoria, where they will take on the Vikes. Both games will be at 11 a.m. and will decide who goes to the national championship. So we're hoping they can pull through in terms of Legend Cup. And start a new dynasty. And start a new dynasty. Right, exactly. Because, you know, last year, big regression. We need to get back to that seven-year championship. It can happen. We can do it. I believe it can. Yeah. Now, moving on to soccer, the men's team came back home after four straight road matches, and they took care of business in their first game on Friday, 
5-0 win over Thompson Rivers. Nick Fussell, Victor Shimbusho, Sean Arneson, and Ryan Arthur all found the net as the Thunderbirds matched their season high in goals. Yeah, this game was decided by a couple quick bursts. First, Fush... Fussell, Shambusho, and Einerson all scored within 10 minutes of each other in the first half. Later, Arthur came off the bench and scored twice in the last five minutes. And Einerson's goal was the seniors' 24th all-time throughout Canada West contest, moving him into the top 15 on the conference's all-time scoring list. Yeah, congrats to him. Uh, game two, Sunday night against UBC Okanagan. The match started off great with Shambusho scoring twice in the first half. But what a weekend. Heat... What a weekend for Shambusho early on. Yeah, but the Heat mounted a comeback. They scored twice in less than five minutes in the second half, snatching a point in a 2-2 draw that UBC won't be happy with. The Thunderbirds will be very unhappy that they did let that lead slip away, especially goalkeeper Jason Roberts. After a routine clearance from the Thunderbirds' defense, Heat defender Spencer Young hit a powerful volley straight at Roberts, who tried to punch it over but accidentally pushed it up into the back of the net. And if you're a keeper, especially in soccer, and you let one like that go through you, it's definitely not the best feeling. Yeah, that was the tying goal, too. So it's not a great moment for Robert, who's been stellar for most of the season. I mentioned Shambusho had a great weekend. He scored three goals over two games. He was named the Canada West third star of the week and is now tied for second in the conference in scoring. And next up for the men's soccer team is Legends Cup home and away against Victoria. It seems like all of our sports teams are playing Victoria. Game one is tonight on the island, and game two is here at home on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, the women's side got back on track this past weekend. They got two wins both on the road. First, they took down Thompson Rivers 2-1 with two first-half goals. Fifth-year transfer from UFT, Natasha Clasio scored her first as a Thunderbird in the 30th minute, and Sophie Damien added a second just a few minutes later. Those goals ended up being enough for UBC, but only just. The Wolfpack played much better in the second half, cutting the deficit in half in the 56th, and pushing hard for the equalizer before eventually falling short. That falling short included a golden opportunity in the 87th minute when Tr- or when Thompson Rivers' uh, Taylor Miller managed to round the goalie and took a shot at a tight angle, but UBC defender Jessica Williams saved the day with some goal line clearance, and it, it really came down to a matter of inches there in right placement on defense. Yeah, game two, Thunderbirds uh, did what the men's team couldn't do, and that's beat UBCO. After a goalless first half, Alyssa Hunt broke the deadlock early in the second with her team bleeding fourth goal of the season, and the match ended 1-0. And the Thunderbirds definitely dominated play in this one, out shooting the Heat 11-3 and racking up six corners while allowing none. Emily Moore only needed to make one save for UBC all game. Yeah, interestingly, the Thunderbirds' offense has been decidedly average this season. They're only at 1.6 goals per game. That's 7th in the 16-team Canada West. For comparison, Calgary and Trinity Western, they're both over 2.5 a a game. And Hunt is the only Thunderbird who's top 15 in goals. Yeah, their defense has remained elite, however, allowing just half a goal per game, with only Calgary and McEwen holding marginally better marks. Moore has continued her great season with an 898 save percentage, second best in Canada West behind McEwen's Emily Burns. Moore, though, has faced 50% more shots. The women's team has joined the men's side on their trip to Victoria to take on the bikes tonight with the return match on Saturday immediately following the men's. I'm going to be in Victoria this weekend. Maybe go watch the Thunderbirds, yeah, Corey. Maybe I'll be that, that Who jerk needs to spend time with family? 
Yeah. I mean, when you can go watch the T-Birds, <laughs> it's all you really need in life. <laughs> well, will my media pass work over there as well, Jake? Absolutely. Can't wait. We have lots of benefits. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the sports coverage for the week. But what we still do have on tap for you guys is the second part in our women's rugby interview installment. Eric Thompson sat down with Shojana Sumanotafa of the women's rugby team. And similarly to Emma Feldinger's interview, talked about life on and off the court, what makes her so successful as a rugby player. So sit back. It's about a 12-minute interview and enjoy. And then we'll come back previewing a little bit of what's to come in UBC sports. The Thunderbirds radio show on CITR 101.9 FM. We're here on the unceded ancestral grounds of the Musqueam people on UBC campus. And we've got... UBC women's rugby player and Canadian under-20 international, Shoshana Semanatafa, I believe it is. Yeah, that's uh, good. <laughs> in the studio today, welcome to the show. Uh, we have talked about you in the past and not known how to say that, so I'm glad <laughs> we can finally get some clarification. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, not a bad day at the office for you and the Thunderbirds on Sunday. Uh, four conversions and a try in a pretty big win against Alberta. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about that performance? I was good, yeah. I think we did really well considering like the conditions. It was it was quite rainy, so you know we we're all kind of nervous about like our ball handling skills. But you know it was it was a really good outcome. Um, and there's yeah there's a lot of good rugby I'd say, and you know it was a little sloppy at times, but that's something that we can work on for next game next week. Well, it's early in the season, and yeah. you had those two games against Calgary and Victoria. Both really tight losses, both games that could have gone either way. Uh, so how does it feel after those two to sort of come out and get a convincing win? Um, really, really good. I think much needed. Um, yeah, we started both our previous games, first half, like with high intensity and, you know, just kind of second half. I feel for both of our games, you know, just kind of we lost that intensity and motivation. And so I think getting this win, um, I feel like will help us move past like maybe a mental block that we had. And just kind of, you know, say that, yes, we can do it. And, um, yeah, yeah, that we're ready for next next week. Awesome. UBC has a lot of these um, national team players that have started mm -hmm. to appear, uh, both the U20s and even a couple senior international players. Mm -hmm. uh, how has it been for the development of you and the rest of the players on this team to be surrounded by so much other, you know, high-level talent? Yeah, um, really, really good, I think. Um Definitely, yeah, in practices and, like, training sessions, it's really good to have that, like, competition and, like, high high intensity and, like, other other girls, other players that, you know, really want to be here and to play rugby as well and that they're, they're, they're playing their hardest, too, as well. So it's also quite motivational to, like, watch them practice and, like, play with them, too, you know, that you know that they're putting in 100% um, of their efforts. So that makes you want to play your hardest as well. And, yeah, it's just it's just great to have them have them with us. And what about the culture of this team? What about maybe some like locker room inside jokes and things like that? Uh, what, what is it? Uh, what are things like that like? Yeah. Um, so I'd say our team is like a quite like a, a family. You know, Dean and Gallo are like our parents and Carolyn and and we're just all the siblings. You know, sometimes we might have like disagreements or like arguments, but like at the end of the day, on the field, off the field, like. We all have each other's backs, and we're all there for one another, you know, supporting us in, like, school as well. And um, in terms of jokes, like, yeah, we have a lot. We have a lot of team songs, lots of dancing in the change room, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, just we spend a lot of time together, and I think it was last year we were, like, voted in athletics, like, 
the most fun team and stuff and that's purely because we just we're always around each other and we're always hyping each other up and yeah just having enjoying each other's company yeah nice uh, uh i asked emma about this last week mm -hmm. um but i thought i'd get your perspective on it uh okay. you two both went to the tri-nations cup in mm -hmm. in loughborough england you played the usa beat them 24 to 7 you had a really good game against England, didn't quite get the victory, but yeah. really good performance. Uh, what was that like for you as your sort of first step up from the U18s? It was, yeah, it was amazing. I had a great experience in Loughborough and um, just, you know, playing with, like playing, being able to take a step up to play like at like the next level with like super high intensity and with like, and yeah, again, a bunch of other girls who like really want to be there and who are also like fantastic players and stuff was just a really good experience and yeah I had such a fun time like especially that England game you know it yes it was a little bit nerve-wracking in the beginning but I think our like our coaching staff did a good job throughout that tournament and just kind of like making practices like a little less stressful more fun just to try and get that pressure off of us for the game so it was really quite enjoyable and you know I, I loved it and Hopefully I'll get to do that again. For sure, yeah. Still still a special feeling to pull on the red and white. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A Emma mentioned that a lot as well. Is like mm -hmm. a lot of um a lot of BC sort of aspiring women's rugby mm -hmm. players kind of they see that as the end goal and I think that's it's pretty good that that's like an achievable end goal for a lot of mm -hmm. players in BC. Sure. Uh you went up there with a lot of Thunderbirds too. So yeah. how was that? And again, since you mentioned, you know, this this the, the close knit culture of this Thunderbirds team, did that mm -hmm. help out with the with the experience make it a little more easy to yeah. uh, process maybe yeah for sure for sure just like again it was a little nerve-wracking in the beginning but like you know going in with like six other girls that you are already close with definitely helped and I think it's also like great for our UBC program too just looking at like Dean did a great job and stuff and you know six girls went up and played really well so yeah it was just great going with them definitely it was fun Awesome. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about like sort of your rugby story? Like, wh when did you start? What was the progression like? You know, from yeah. from Bayside to UBC and then Canadian U18, U20, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess rugby. Yeah, rugby's been like a huge thing in my family. I guess like family gatherings and stuff. Like me and my brothers, my uncles, my dad. We'd all just play touch. So like handling a rugby ball and stuff like wasn't really new. It was just more like the game rules. Um. Yeah. I, like I played soccer before. So I guess I wasn't new to like, um, what do you call it? sport sports? <laughs> wasn't new to sports. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, the intensity of like any game and stuff. Um, and yeah, I guess I started in grade eleven. I my cousins were all kind of started getting into rugby, and I would watch watch them play or watch like the HSBC sevens and kind of hit there. I was like, yeah, I think this is the sport for me. And my first game was with. Um, Darcy Patterson up in um, Vegas with the Sevens teams there and we won and that was such a great feeling and I think from there on I was like yep this is my sport and I want to continue this and yeah then the following year it was just like in that summer it was the BC 15s team to Seattle um, played a bit of club for the first time my dad coached as well so that was super helpful really fun um uh, played a bit of my high school didn't have a rugby team so I played a bit for Semiamu their team that was really good and again was with Darcy with the sevens that year to Vegas and did a bit of like the Victoria sevens with the Canadian U18s team 
and then yeah then next next summer uh ubc thunderbirds and here i am there you go um so yeah you're still playing sevens um mm-hmm. i was talking about this with emma the other day as well mm-hmm. she is sort of stuck herself firmly in the 15 <laughs> side of things <laughs> you still seem like you want to pull double duty is that going to extend to the uh sort of international game as well for you um if it happens that would be really amazing and I, I would love to play both i think at this point just with like school and everything i think 15s may be more realistic at this point um but if ever the chance happened where i could do both i absolutely would so you're still sort of enjoying both sides of the mm-hmm, game because mm-hmm. it, Emma mentioned that her sort of playing style doesn't really fit with the <laughs> sevens anymore. She had yeah. that. Um, she did win that uh, national sevens championship uh, a couple okay. years ago, uh, mm-hmm. but not not her game anymore. <laughs> but maybe still yours. Um, Hopefully. Wh- why the switch from soccer? Uh, you started. You said you didn't start playing rugby until grade eleven. Yeah. Um, usually, with a lot of like high level competitive sports, you need to start a lot earlier with that. But you mm-hmm. sort of just seem to fit right in. Um, I think. Well. Yeah, my dad kind of definitely didn't push me to play rugby at all. He kind of, he always tells me, yeah, I really didn't want you to play for quite a while, just maybe because he thought I wasn't super ready in terms of um, my commitment level. And he told me, he's like, if you're going to play rugby, you have to 100% go in to it prepared. And you have to you have to listen to me and listen to, you know, all my training thoughts on it um, and put, like, all your effort into it. And I think also... Like, yeah, again, watching my friends all play, start to go into it, I kind of realized, like, that sport looks, like, super fun, and I want to give it a try. And after playing, I realized it's very different from soccer, and I really <laughs> love the phys- physicality of the game and, like, the contact part. And, like, there's just so much to learn with it, whereas I feel like in soccer I almost kind of, like, learned everything, and it's just kind of a good place to start, but it was not not my end, not my end goal. For so. sure. Um, recently you were named one of the recipients of BC Rugby's representative mm-hmm. player bursary. Uh, obviously being a student athlete is something that's hugely time consuming and requires a lot of commitment, a lot of devotion. So in terms of sort of your studies and your rugby, what does it sort of mean for you? Um, it means I, yeah, I gotta work, work really hard. Um, I gotta put, you know, lots of time into school and as well as the rugby part of it. But yeah, I just, I think it means I need to focus just mostly on like the schoolwork and like the bursary's just giving me the chance to like come back and finish school kind of thing, helping me along that path. So I can hopefully one day just full time maybe focus on rugby, the rugby side of it, and I'll have that degree at the end to help. So it helps you focus more on, on these two aspects mm-hmm. that are sort of the whole reason you're here, I yeah, guess. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um what's what's next for you? You've you're still in the U twenties program. Mm-hmm. Um what 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 does that look like from here? Maybe after that and after UBC. Um, I yeah, I definitely want to keep playing, and um, yeah, I don't know if if Canada doesn't take me, I'll maybe go somewhere else. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know, but yeah, definitely for sure, I want to keep playing rugby for as long as I can, and like going to the World Cup would definitely be such a cool experience. Um, I would say yeah, it would be one of my goals to um do that if not this year or sorry if not this upcoming world cup then hopefully the next one i would say awesome and finally what would you say to sort of the next i mean you kind of are the next generation Mm -hmm. but what do you say to the next next generation the players that are maybe maybe in grade 11 and have Mm -hmm. never you know played rugby at a competitive level before but they've always been sort of around it and maybe are like well what should i do should i try it yeah what would you say um 
I definitely say give it a shot. You know, rugby is you really make a lot of um, close relationships and like it's a great community I find and you make a lot of good friend friendships. Um, but yeah, I guess just one thing I'd say um, what my dad always always tells me every day is um, talent can only take you so far, but it's hard work and persistence that will really take you anywhere in the end. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the thank show. You. And uh, good luck on the weekend. Thank you very much. So thank you again to Shoshana for coming on the show. Now, quickly, before we finish up here, looking ahead, today, both soccer teams playing Victoria on the island, men's basketball taking on St. Francis Xavier in Calgary for some reason. Uh, Tomorrow, men's basketball takes on Guelph. Men's rugby is on the island playing Victoria, and both hockey teams play Calgary. And then Sunday, rematches for hockey against Calgary soccer against Victoria. Men's field hockey plays Burnaby Lake Field Hockey Club, and there is a cross-country meet in Bellingham, Washington. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbird's news, standings, and stories is going ahead and following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is CPOP Connection. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Jake, Liz, Corey, and Nico with contributions from Ben Nelson and Eric Thompson. And thank you also to Shoshana Sumanatafa for giving her time sitting down and chatting with Eric. Do listen to our show. It's always Thursdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. on CITR Radio or check us out on iTunes at Thunderbird Eye. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful rest of your day.